0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the coming peace. From the year 1496 B.C. to A.D.
1: 1861, there was 13 years of war to one year of peace. Do you think it's any better today? The only time there will be peace in Jerusalem and in the world is when the Prince of Peace
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The conflict in the Middle East has become a worldwide issue, and in spite of the growing concern, the problem seems to be getting even worse. From a human standpoint, peace seems almost impossible. But what does the Word of God have to say? Today, our teacher, Pastor Xavier, digs deep into the prophecies laid out in the book of Ezekiel for today's intriguing lesson of a future hope. Let's listen.
1: We at Calvary Chapel believe pre-tribulation, pre that Jesus will come back for his church in the rapture before the tribulation, great tribulation, and that we will return back with him to set up the kingdom. Some mistakenly teach, as I've told you before, replacement theology, that the church is literally spiritual Israel and that God is through with Israel. That's a great mistake. God is not through with Israel. Don't let anybody teach you that. But secondly, the person of Christ in relation to millennials is very, very important. The teaching of Scripture is clear. There can be no earthly theocratic kingdom without the personal presence of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah the prophet is full of these prophecies. Listen to Isaiah 9, 6-7. We're very familiar with this text. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it, establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even Forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Very, very clear who's going to be ruling. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, Isaiah eleven nine says. In mercy, the throne will be established, and one will sit on it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening Righteousness. Isaiah 16, 5. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Isaiah 59, 20. Isaiah is just full of the Messianic prophecies. You remember when Jesus was speaking to his disciples? And they kind of always thought they were getting shortchanged a little bit. <laughs> and in Matthew 19, 28, he says to them, Surely I say to you that in the regeneration, that's the thousand-year reign, When he regenerates the whole earth. When the son of man sits on the throne of his glory. You who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus believed in a literal thousand year reign which he would sit upon. (laughs) He told his disciples about it. Jesus will appear at the second coming advent to set up the kingdom. Here on the earth. Revelation 19 and 20 are very, very, very clear. To save Israel by removing their blindness and giving them a new heart. Romans 11:25 25 through 26, Isaiah 11, and many other passages we've looked at. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Don't confuse the fullness of the Gentile, the full number of people before the rapture to be saved, and the time of the Gentiles, which runs to the end of the tribulation, where the ten toes of Daniel come in. Okay, very important. But also to return to destroy the wicked armies at the Battle of Armageddon. Revelation 19 is very, very clear. 15 to 21, as he destroys them with the sword coming forth from his mouth, and we return with him. Second Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, God will reward them according to their unrighteousness. But also to judge the nations as their treatment of the Jew during the Great Tribulation. Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 25, 31 through 46 that after he returns there in Revelation 19 and fights the battle of Armageddon, destroys the armies that will come against him, he sets up the kingdom. The first thing he does, he judges the nation on how they treated the Jew during that great tribulation time. Very, very clear. Matthew twenty-five thirty-four says, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Jesus believed in the thousand-year kingdom. He taught it. The beast, the false prophet, and all that receive his mark are cast into the lake of fire, Revelation nineteen twenty tells us very, very clearly. Jesus has set the millennial reign upon the earth. Revelation 21 through 4 are very, very, very clear. Now, the reasons are several. First... To reign as the rightful king of the kingdom, Revelation 19, 16 tells us. He's king of kings, Lord of lords. Also to attest of his character that he cannot lie. Numbers 23, 19, Hebrews 6, 18, Titus 1, 2. God cannot lie. God says he's coming back. God's saying he's going to set up the kingdom. He has to fulfill it. He can't lie. Also to establish his perfect government on the earth in his own person, as Isaiah 2, 1 through 4 says. He will do it. To redeem the earth from the curse, Romans 8, and 23. To establish the eternal covenant with Israel, as we've seen in Jeremiah 31, Ezekiel 36, uh, 37. And to provide the final evidence of man's evil heart as he rebels under the rule of Messiah. At the end of those thousand years, as you know, man rebels. It's not the environment, ladies and gentlemen. It's the inside of your heart. That's the problem. Your heart is evil as well as mine. Jeremiah 79. Very, very, very clear. The influence of Satan will be removed during the thousand-year reign, the millennial kingdom, as you know. Listen to John in Revelation 21 through 3. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of all, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him, listen, listen, for a thousand years, And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years were finished. Twice thousand years. And you think he's talking literal? Of course he is. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Why would God release him? I don't know. We'll ask him when we get there. But it's very evident that it's to test those who go into the kingdom and still have sin nature. Because everybody has to choose whether they're going to live for Christ or not. You understand? And to demonstrate that the evil is the heart, not the environment. It's real simple. The tribulation saints will reign with Jesus. Those who survived the tribulation, they rejected the Antichrist, they go in to occupy the kingdom. Listen to John in Revelation 20, verse 4 through 6. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was Committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness of Jesus for the word of God. Those who rejected the Antichrist. Who had not worshipped the beast or his image. And had not received his mark on their forehead or their hand. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. There's a thousand years again. But the rest of the dead did not live until the thousand years were finished. So the non-believer... Does not live till the end of the thousand year, which is the white throne judgment, where God will judge them to cast them in the lake of fire. That's not for salvation, okay? But those who enter in, they occupy the land. But they're going to have kids, and if they die at a hundred, I say, oh, they died young. But they're still going to have sin nature. But not you and me. We're the church. We're glorified with him. We're reigning with him. You understand? He says, this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. You want to make sure you're in the first resurrection, that you're a Christian and you're taken from here. You understand? Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. If you're brought up in the white throne judgment, it's not for salvation. It's for judgment to be cast in the lake of fire. You want to make sure you're in the first resurrection when you go to the bema seat of Christ in the rapture, to get rewarded. You understand? The people who have occupied the millennium, they have accepted Christ. But their children, they repopulate. And they have sin nature. They must make a choice and enter the eternal kingdom after the thousand years. And we'll get into the eternal kingdom, the eternal state later. But listen to John in Revelation 20, verse 7 through 8. Then again, John says, Now... When the thousand years are expired, thousand years, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out and deceive the nations, which are the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sands of the sea. I've already told you we don't want to go back on material. This Gog and Magog is not chapters 38 and 39. This is at the end of the thousand years. Chapters 38 and 39 of Ezekiel is the beginning of the tribulation period. Ezekiel 38, 39 is Russia with a confederacy of five Islamic nations. Gog and Magog here, at the end of the thousand years, it's the whole armies of the world against Jesus in Jerusalem, and Satan is the leader here. Two different battles. Do not confuse them, okay? So the person of Christ in relationship to the millennium will be as ruling king. He'll be ruling. Now, thirdly, the spiritual character in relationship to the millennium, because it's a whole different time from what we're living in. We see righteousness in the church today as God has transformed us, but we're still not perfect, right? We still fail. But we're a lot better off than we were before, right? <laughs> we better be. The kingdom is characterized by righteousness, first of all. Remember, the kingdom is both spiritual and material. Theocratic kingdom, essentially spiritual kingdom, existing in the realm of the earth. So, though it's spiritual, in nature and character, it has a physical earth. He will redo the whole earth. Only the righteous are allowed to enter into it. Isaiah 26.2, Isaiah 60.21, Matthew 25.37. The one reigning is Jesus, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, king of righteousness, Psalm 110.4, Hebrews 7.2. Zion shall be called the city of righteousness, Isaiah 126. Israel will offer an offering of righteousness, Malachi 3.3. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, Matthew 5.6. But also the kingdom will be characterized by obedience. The purpose of the original creation was to establish the kingdom of God through complete obedience. But Adam and Eve blew it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17. Jesus came as the last Adam to do the will of God in the volume of the book it was written of him Hebrews 10 9 and he came as the last Adam 1 Corinthians 15 45 the kingdom age under the new covenant will allow Israel to experience the new heart the new spirit and the new mind as we've seen Jeremiah 31 Ezekiel 36 the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all flesh to indwell filth Every person. Joel's prophecy, chapter 2, 28 and 29, will have its ultimate fulfillment. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your young men, your your old men, so on and so forth. The short-term wise was Pentecost. Long-term wise, the end of the tribulation, the complete fulfillment in the millennial kingdom. Satan will be bound, as we've said, for a thousand years. Though there will be sin nature, a good Ingredient will be removed for a thousand years. Satan. <laughs> Revelation 20, 1 through 3. There will be a universal knowledge of the Lord doing away with ignorance. So disobedience or rebellion will be dealt with immediately. Isaiah eleven nine 9 and Revelation 2, 27. Obedience. But also the kingdom will be characterized by holiness. The Lord will make bare his holy arm, it says, revealing he is Messiah and again, the victory over his enemies in Psalm 98.1, Isaiah 52.10. The Holy Seed will be the nucleus of the restored Jewish nation, Isaiah 6.13. All those in Zion will be called holy, Isaiah 35.8-10. Jerusalem will be called holy, Joel 3.17. The Lord will be exalted in his holy mountain, Psalm 48.1, Jeremiah 323. And the Lord will establish his holy house, the law of which will be holy, Ezekiel 4312. Israel will not defile his holy name forever, Ezekiel 43, 7 told us. Christ will reign over the nations of the earth from the throne of holiness. Psalm 47, 8, 9. In fact, Isaiah 62, Zion and Jerusalem will be a crown of glory fit for the king of kings due to the Lord's doing and kingly crown, a royal diadem, a tiara, a mitre of the priest's forehead. Remember what it said? Holiness unto the Lord. It reminded him continually that if he wasn't right, he couldn't enter the tabernacle because God would slay him. Holiness. In fact, in that day, Zechariah 14, 20 and 21 tells us that the bells on the horses these are not spiritual horses literal horses will be inscribed on them holiness to the Lord and all the pots in Jerusalem and Judah shall be just as holy as the sacred vessels in the Lord's house amazing but the kingdom's also going to be characterized by truth Jesus himself said I am the way, the truth, and the life. John fourteen six. Jesus will be their God in truth and righteousness, Isaiah sixty five, sixteen, Zechariah eight eight. Jesus will reveal unto Israel abundance of peace and truth, Jeremiah thirty three, six. The throne shall be established and Christ shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David, Isaiah 16, 5. And Jesus will judge the people of the world with his truth, Psalm 96.10 says. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, Zechariah 8.3. Truth. Truth is so important. You see, one of the biggest problems in our relationship is people being trustworthy. That's the secret. You may have failures. I have failures. But if we're loyal and we're truthful, then we're Trustworthy. And we can lean on each other. But when a person is not trustworthy, it's because he does not stand for truth. And when there is no trust, then there is no relationship, is there? There must be truth. The kingdom is characterized also by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Joel's statement, again, in Joel 2, 28 and 29, upon all flesh. The promise began at Pentecost, short term. It will proceed to the end of the tribulation and into the millennial kingdom will be the ultimate manifestation. The work of the Holy Spirit will be more abundant during the millennial kingdom than at any other time in man's history. Jeremiah 31, Ezekiel 36, Ezekiel 37 are very, very clear. Joel chapter 2. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes it all happen in the kingdom age. The potential is not of man, but of God and his spirit. The reigning of Christ. Just as today in the church, it is this Holy Spirit that makes it possible for us to be what we are. Apart from that, we would be out there doing our thing. On the basis of the computation of the Moscow Gazette, Valvert in his day could report that from the year 1496 B.C. to A.D. 1861, In 3,358 years, there was 227 years of peace and 3,130 years of war. 13 years of war to one year of peace. That's over 3,358 years, ladies and gentlemen. It hasn't gotten any better. Then he says, within the last three centuries, there have been 286 wars in Europe. He added that from the year 1500 B.C. to A.D. 1860, more than 8,000 treaties of peace meant to remain in force forever were concluded or broken. The average time they remain in force was two years. Do you think it's any better today? The only time there will be peace in Jerusalem and in the world is when the Prince of Peace comes to the earth. You understand? The removal of the curse, the animal kingdom will be changed. No more ferocity. No more venomous beast. Isaiah 11, Isaiah 35, Isaiah 65 tells us. Let me read you um, Isaiah eleven six 6 through 9. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. That'll be a sight. They won't be having dinner, but they'll just be playing. The leper shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. That'll be trippy. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's going to be brought back to the days of paradise in Eden, with the exception that there will still be sin nature by those who occupy the kingdom. You understand? Sickness will be removed by the reigning king except as punishment. Longevity will exist as a child dies at 100 years of age. Isaiah thirty three twenty four, 24, Jeremiah 30, 17, and other passages. Isaiah thirty three twenty four 24 says, And the inhabitants will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. There will exist Reproduction by the people living who went into the millennial kingdom in their natural bodies. Not you and I were glorified as church. They will have children, and consequently their children will have sin nature because their parents do, and therefore salvation will have to be individually as it is today. Jeremiah 30, verse 20, 31, 29, Ezekiel 47, 22, Zechariah ten eight, and many, many others. In fact, Jeremiah 30, verse 20 says, their children also... Shall be as before, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all who oppress them. There will be labor during the millennial kingdom. It will not be a time of idleness, but a perfect economic system through labor. Isaiah, again, 62, 65, Jeremiah 31, and many others. But let me give you uh, Isaiah 65, 21 through 23. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hand. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring their children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. There are many other things that we can go over. There will be peace, there will be joy, comfort, glory, protection, economics, prosperity, a unified language, uh, unified worship. We're going to get into some of these things as we move along. The millennial state will end at the thousand years, and there will follow the eternal state. We only have one chapter, 21 of Revelation. The new heaven, the new earth, the eternal state, a glorious thing. And so the spiritual character in relationship to the millennial will be holy righteousness. Far different than what we have today. The scriptural evidence for the doctrine of the millennial kingdom is overwhelming as we have examined through these three elements in relationship to the millennial the coming of Israel in relationship to the millennial will be fulfilled. The person of Christ in relationship to the millennial will be as ruling king. And the spiritual character in relationship to the millennial will be of holy righteousness. That day is coming, whether we believe it or not, whether it's in our lifetime or not, but it will happen. But as we study the scriptures, No man knows the day or the hour. But our salvation is far nearer than when we first believed, right? And so we must be wise to the scriptures. If you don't believe and know the scriptures, you are a candidate for deception. Your anchor is not I. Your anchor is Jesus Christ and the word of God. You have to make a decision on God's word. That will determine how you live and what Christ can do for you.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the true anchor of faith, Jesus Christ. And today's message, Ezekiel's Millennial Kingdom, is available on CD for only $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now once again, the title to ask for is Ezekiel's Millennial Kingdom. Or simply mention today's date And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Do you want to look at the future? That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.